0: You are listening to the Indie Creators in the Joy Zone. This is your hosts, Suzanne Toro and Thomas Artivani. Hey, hey, let's enter into the Joy Zone with these Indie Creators.
1: Follow, follow the sun, which way the This day is done. Breathe, breathe in the air. Set your intention.
0: That was Dante Marino with his
2: lead-in solo song for his EP, which is called Aquarius.
3: Welcome to any Creators the Creators of Joy Zone, Dante. Awesome, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> we're, 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 go- we're doing it now. We finally got all these bells and whistles hooked up, so tell us a little bit about yourself, my friend.
4: Yeah, so um, I'm from California. I live in Medina Beach right now. I've been playing music pretty much my whole life. I started when I was like nine or 10 years old. Um, and yeah, I just became kind of an addiction the second I picked up a guitar, couldn't put it down. It's like all I could think about, all I ever wanted to do. And started my first band when I was, I think 12 years old. And we what started time? playing around like local towns in Cronedal Mar, or local town events in del Mar. Uh, there was a thing called The Christmas Rock, and that was our first gig, I think. And yeah, she's kind of been a crescendo from here on out. And I just released my first record two weeks ago about so that was kind that's kinda that's
3: amazing. That's amazing. So you had a lot of firsts in there that you just explained. Like you just like broke down like <laughs> seven initiation gateways you had to go through to become a musician. But well and and so on this particular program, we wanna understand your artistic pursuits. We wanna understand the other side, you know, we wanna we wanna understand what what actually allowed you to lock in and when you knew it was time to move on. And like you said, you started your own band at 12 years old. I mean, that's amazing. It must've, t- how many years did, did, you have the instrument in your hand? I, that was like three years into playing about three years. So clearly like something happened within those three years where you went, Oh my God, I can do this now. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I would say so. Like how many, like how many hours a day were you
3: spending between the ages of nine and 12 to figure that one out?
4: Oh, I mean, like I said, it was an addiction. Sometimes I would put in like seven hour days. Um, I would definitely not go there without playing for at least an hour though.
2: Were you playing less were you doing lessons or was this just like you picked up the guitar and just Yeah, I took lessons for about the
4: first uh two or three years. So I stopped when I was like, you know, twelve or thirteen. Wow. Nice. And
1: gonna, then I built mean, from
2: there. Well I yeah. can- there's something
3: about the music, I mean did you have any teachers, mentors?
4: Can you have any oh other? yeah definitely, like my first guitar teacher I, got, I owe a lot to. He's the one that was uh, kind of putting us all together. His name's John Murphy. He had a bunch of students and he would take um, you know students that were drummers and guitarists like myself and help us form bands. So he was the one that actually introduced us and helped us found some gigs and I had a lot of my you know, musical progression to him. Very cool, very cool. I mean first song you wrote remember it <laughs> oh, yeah i mean there's i don't really know what i would consider to be a song i started writing stuff that was just a bunch of random chords and random words when i was pretty young but um my first like front to back finished song it was probably called live on i think i was like 14 i never recorded it i don't even really remember it never recorded <laughs> it no i was i was too young i was just messing around <laughs> do you remember do you remember like the, any lyrics of it uh it was something. I remember the chorus was, "Come on, I need an inspiration to live on." go.
1: <laughs>
2: hey, you yeah, should yeah. maybe record that right now. I'm <laughs> hey, I think yeah, a lot I'm of people can do
3: it. that. I'm a little worried about you. I mean, you're you're like nine, ten years old. You're singing those lyrics already. <laughs> yeah. How was your childhood? Was it was it blessed
4: or did you have a little struggle? It was definitely blessed. Yeah, I can't can't complain about it a bunch at all. I mean grew up in a beautiful area have a super supporting family um super good group of friends and yeah i couldn't invest for anything more well that
3: hey listen being, being blessed is definitely uh, a road a lot of people may be on mm-hmm. but a lot of people that are on that road take advantage of being on that road and they don't use that time and that opportunity with time and space to make anything out of it to create something with it and, and you and you had the initiative to not just sit back and you know smoke grass or go hang out or do whatever do do whatever do whatever normal 12 year olds at the beach do <laughs>
4: but, yeah exactly
3: but but you but you took advantage of that opportunity and you're developing your craft so i mean that's a, that's a lot to be said for that uh-huh. yeah.
2: And with your ep release um how are you circulating it i saw it on instagram we're listening to it earlier uh, what's your plans given the certain circumstance?
4: Yeah, exactly. So it's definitely a, a bit of unfortunate circumstances to be starting off. Um, I that's, since this is my first project. I don't have you know a label or a manager um, to back it up. So I'm really just going the old fashioned route, friends and family, doing some Instagram posts, um, and yeah, just trying to spread it through word of mouth mostly. I, and you know the guys I'm playing with now to play the songs live. Uh, we're all super fired up and, and ready to go and start doing booking shows and doing toys, but I think we're gonna have to wait on that one until everything like, opens back up. Uh,
3: has it been a challenge for you to put together a group that uh, to find the folks that, that you play with? It's, sometimes
4: that's a big challenge. Big time, yeah, for sure. It, I I was in a couple of group, different groups before I started doing stuff on my own, and it just you know after circulating through different members at a certain point, I was like, okay, I just you know don't want to put this in the hands of other people, so I just decided to start writing on my own, recording on my own, and uh, making a project that was just, you know, kind of my solo stuff, and that's what this first album is, um, so I put it under my name, and after I finished recording it, um, at that point, i you know, got in touch with some guys i had played it with in the past, and, you know, super lucky to have this group have come together, and they learned some songs, and we were able to play them live uh, out of this party. So what, so, how did
3: you go about finding your bass guy, your drummer? I mean, what was that? would you do without an open call or something? Was it like a
4: no? Like so, a, all that like, like rhythm guitarist um, was actually a guy that he he and I were in that first band that I was talking about when I was about twelve years old, and we were playing all those local shows, um, and we played in a band throughout high school, and then we kind of fell off. Uh, and I asked him to join for this release party, he said he would be down to play guitar as well. And He's you know, made a lot of progress as a musician, so i was super stoked to have him on the board. And then the bass player I met actually through my sister, because he was dating one of my sister's friends and bumped into him one night and you know, I took him to the studio, with jammed and, and he's a super killer musician, and we hit it off and he introduced me to the rest of the band.
3: Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, those are cool moments. Those are cool moments when you get a guy stepping in there and all of a sudden you start to groove with him, right? Oh yeah, Maybe definitely. That, that's like everybody starts to smile and light up and everybody
4: starts to up their game, yeah? Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah. It's really cool feeling when you finally, like, get another musician that is like one Of, like, a technical proficiency to have fun, but two, like, just has the same sort of vision and feel for you, and then magically, obviously.
2: This song that we're gonna dive in with is, you guessed it, from Dante Marino, and it's Clouds on the Moon.
0: listening to the Indie Creators in the Joy Zone. This is your hosts, Suzanne Toro and Thomas Ardivani.
2: You were, if I remember correctly, you were in Colorado for a while. Are you still going to school there or? No, yeah, I did. I went,
4: to, I went to Boulder for a couple of years. Um, yeah, and it was awesome. It's a beautiful place there, but you know, after two years, it didn't really make much sense for me. I found out to stay there. It's just, you know, a lot of money and it wasn't really putting me on the path that I was wanting to be on. So I decided to drop out after a couple of years to L.A. to pursue music.
2: You're fortunate to be born and raised in the mecca of music, right? Yeah,
4: pretty close by.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and since you've been diving in, what have you experienced, like, with your with the exploration of just creating an album and or an EP and... You know, the work that's involved.
4: Yeah, there's definitely a lot that happens, a lot of growth that happens, a lot of psychological battles you kind of have to talk yourself through, Um, especially, you know, myself, I put kind of a lot of pressure on it. And just being the first one, I wanted it to be really good. So it was definitely stressful at times. Um, There's a lot of like just technical skills that I had to to learn and had to come together, but it was definitely an amazing growing experience and now I feel like I'm ready to continue to
2: create beautiful and you have a good team or did you do what was it all baptism by fire you did everything
4: i did i did pretty much everything on my own i recorded the instruments myself in the studio and produced it and whatnot um but i did have help with the mixing and mastering afterwards with an engineer named sydney greenbaum
2: yeah nice Mm -hmm. so you're you're getting all your ducks in a row as you continue to expand your Portfolio of music.
3: Well, listen, our new creators, this, this guy's a true like beach guy. He's, like a, <laughs> he's a, he'd be considered a very acute guy. He, he's got the, he's got his hat on. He's got his long blonde locks, and he's <laughs> young. He looks fit. He looks surfer. You surfer, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. do. Ah, of course you do. What else would you be doing, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? There's a lot of great. There's a lot of great uh, musicians that are surfers, as you know. we got Jack Johnson. You got, uh, you got. How many other guys? Do you
2: know who Xavier Red is? I
4: don't yeah, know. Xavier Red's incredible. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He's um,
4: a surfer. Yeah, definitely. I think that there's something about the ocean and surfing that inspires music to, yeah. you know, come through.
3: Is, yeah. that, is that how
4: you're finding your way? Yeah, using the ocean to inspire you? Yeah, I definitely get a lot of it from being in the ocean, just out in nature in general. I, I spend a lot of time hiking, and when I'm alone in nature, is kind of when I find that I'm able to drop into that creative space, and I find that the most, you know, inspiration comes through.
3: Pl- talk about that a little bit. I mean, there's definitely a switch between you're walking around, distracted mindset, and then the one that you start to drop into as a as a creator, as a musician. Yeah, you know, definitely, and it can, can, you, can you, have you observed yourself enough to understand what that is for you? Yeah,
4: yeah, I have, and I think that um, as I was saying, being in nature by myself is—I I rarely have musical ideas while I'm out there, but um, those are the times and the moments that kind of bring me into a space where I do, in fact, step out of my head and become more present as like a witnessing consciousness to like all the things that's happening in day-to-day life. And oh, dude, you, you just. <laughs> Did you hear what you just
3: said?
2: Witnessing consciousness. <laughs>
3: Witnessing consciousness. Okay. Okay. Yeah, now we yeah. got it.
4: Now where did where you,
3: you find that? How, how did you? Uh, who's your guru? Who's teaching you
4: that? Uh, I would definitely call oh, Eckhart Tolle and my guru. I've, I've been teaching his work.
3: Yes. Way to go. That's. I mean, that talk about a talk about a great guy to get behind. And good Lord, have mercy. He's got a lot of information in there, doesn't he? I know. Seriously. I mean, but it's non-stop, it's, it's never ending inspiring. It's his oh, it's big time. His journey was like quite a journey. You know, he was suicidal, I guess, and mm-hmm. as he starts off one of his books. And uh, he's, he talks about how he pulled himself out and started to gain a perspective on the truth of what life is. And
4: is that what you find in the ocean? Uh, yeah, I definitely would say I found some of that in the ocean.
2: That's <laughs> so. So how, how hard is it for you to pop into the present moment?
4: I mean, it depends on how carried away you get in, you know, the narrative that's going on in your head and day-to-day activities that kind of keeps you from that that centered space. Um, But I find the more often I'm able to tap into that space, the easier it is for me to come back to it.
2: Yeah, and I know you have one other good mentor. I know your dad, so.
4: Yeah, yeah, my dad as well. He's definitely
2: kept Frank Marino. That's Frank that. Marino's son. I don't even know if Thomas knows. Remember Frank we interviewed. You're Frank
3: Marino's <laughs> son. Yeah.
2: Not that we want to overshadow you with your dad, but I think he's a great mentor, probably for you. Not uh, everyone gets to have yeah. a dad 100%. like Frank. What
4: really a cool dad! <laughs> so yeah, I just said my dad and my mom as well. We just have been exposed to a lot of that.
3: Well, that that explains, that explains a lot. You didn't fall too far from the tree, as far as at least that. Was <laughs> but but to each his own in terms of how he pursues that and how he how he uh crafts his own character within his skill set you know and so you, you've definitely taken on a a path not taken by many you know and, and succeeding and being happy in it and not destroying yourselves in it because you know a lot of our musicians they're gonna get carried away and they kind of feel like there's uh you know everything's day to day and it is a day to day but they hurt themselves with drugs and all that stuff you can it's cool to hope and to think that you found a holistic way into your creativity that will give you a little bit cool that a a musician has found a holistic way in art to to, to attain longevity. I mean that's a huge that's a huge thing for a young man.
4: Yeah, it definitely is. And it's sad to see like a lot of the people that I've been inspired by musically, I was, you know, when I was younger I was listening to pretty much exclusively classic rock. And a lot of those guys lost their lives and just kind of went down a dark place, um, you know, falling into habits and, and things that just weren't healthy. So, how, how, how have you been able to escape those? You know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I just, I never felt particularly drawn to it. I, I think I'm just lucky, you know. I never had a struggle where I had to, like, resist temptations with drugs or alcohol or anything. And, you know, I've always just kind of naturally felt more like do things that, make me feel healthier and happier rather than the opposite. Well, you know what? It just
3: feels good to be healthy, right? Yeah, definitely. There's nothing so, Yeah, right. Absolutely. I, I would assume that uh, those that go the other way aren't feeling so good, so they kind of find something
4: else to make themselves feel better. So, Yeah, and then that, of course, yeah. makes them feel worse in the long run, which is a downward spiral from there. It's a short road. Yeah. But lot, right,
3: the light can burn bright. Uh, is any of your music... Uh, how would you describe your music in terms of uh is it you know more reflective is it is it are you sharing your personal journeys through your music are you picking it up from other places are you uh pulling it from your spirituality i mean where's where your main source of uh, is it feeling some hot chick breaks your heart and you go right up a yeah. Cool, of music, something
4: like that. Is that how it works? That definitely happens sometimes, for sure. I've had my first share of songs uh, with that source of inspiration, and it really just depends on you know how I'm feeling in the moment. I would say that a lot of it is kind of reflective and based on my personal experience of life and you know observation of you know my behavior, other people's behavior, world events, and whatnot. And I rarely sit down. With like an intention, like I'm gonna write a song about this. It's most of the time like when I'm feeling inspired and in a creative place that something just kind of tends to come through, and I roll with it. And oftentimes afterwards, I'll be like, Huh, oh, what was I? You know, what was coming through me at that point?" And then I realize, okay, maybe I was speaking to this experience or whatever it is. Do you
3: find those moments ha- happening in the studio while you're working, or, or is it something that you're bringing into the studio?
4: Yeah, I'd say it's it's something I'm bringing into the studio. It's Rarely outside of the studio, I'll have a musical idea. But as I was saying, being outside of the studio, oftentimes alone in nature, brings me to that space where it opens up, kind of a channel. And then when I am in the studio, and most of the time I'm not trying to come up with an idea. Something will just kind of hit, and I'll have an idea, and I'll you know record it really quick, and then try to expand upon it.
3: That's cool. I mean, what, what's your latest thing that that that, 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 that that's happened with in terms of just. Your music. What's the latest thing that you've been inspired to put down on paper? Right, I stumped you? Did I stump? Kid? Did I stump <laughs> you? You know that. You're just not willing to share it, are you? You're holding out on
4: us. Yeah, second record will be out soon. <laughs> <That's> a-
3: <laughs> he is holding his cards close to his chest. Young man is no fool. He ain't he ain't giving it up. He ain't Ooh. giving it up. So
2: Ooh. What thing in life recently over this past, especially six months, has impacted you the most or made the deepest impression?
4: I mean, there's definitely been a lot going on with world events, you know. Um, I feel like with COVID hitting and all the civil rights coming back into, play, it almost feels like a, you know, like a revival of, of the 60s, which is kind of cool with, you know, people <laughs> speaking out. Um, yeah. Yeah, I new mean, music coming out. People wanting to come back together. Well, how do, and, how yeah, do you that's feel? Really cool.
3: Speaking of that, speaking of the politics of all of that, how do you feel about all of this? Yeah, oh, are, you, are you are you strong one
4: way or the other, or are you kind of right in the middle? I definitely see both sides, um, and this has definitely like changed my perspective on the world. And yeah, you know, I was doing kind of like a lot of research at first when we were in quarantine, and kind of going down a rabbit hole, trying to be like, oh, "Okay, I'm going to get to the bottom of this, figure out what's going on," but. After, you know, many hours of doing that, I realized that at a certain point, like, every argument you're going to find, there's going to be a counter-argument against. Right. And even if you did it's finally come to some, like, intellectual agreement based on research saying, like, oh, this is what I believe, and this is how I'm going to, like, live my life accordingly, I think that it's not the best place to be, like, leading your life from, is from some intellectual agreement that you made based on, you know, research. Rather, um coming from a place of of presence and deciding kind of in each moment what feels best to do. And that's all you can ever really do. So rather than, you know, researching and identifying with one certain side of things and letting that dictate your actions, kind of acting from that more centered space, Wow, look, look, you're look very
2: at, wise, Dante. Look, look at you,
4: Dante. You said a whole lot and
3: said absolutely nothing at the same time. No, oh, he said a lot. What are you going to are you, <laughs> you're, you're a politician? That's a, that's a political. <laughs> whatever, whatever. So I'm trying to like trying to find an angle you on you. Try to find something controversial. Is there anything yeah. controversial about you, Dante?
4: <laughs> I don't know. You'd have to ask someone else. <laughs> you're a wise man. You're not going to reveal not, your secrets. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, listen. The, the, well, the music is a great outlet. I mean, and, and it really you let the music speak for yourself. You don't really have to say much. That's all. Oh, was, thank you. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, if you let the let the, let the music talk for you, you don't have to get involved in all this garbage and and find yourself on one side of the fence or the other.
4: Yeah, definitely. And yeah. I think that that you know that sort of creating that dichotomy, where it's one side against another, it just creates more duality when an actuality really come together and. Realize that we're one race, one, one. Uh uh-huh. you know, you know, we Yeah. Have different belief systems that we can still
3: coexist in a peaceful way. Well, what's nice is though you have this conflict to observe, and then your your art is uh, definitely influenced by it. Yeah. Like you're living in, like you said, you're living in something, and and uh, no doubt the the music, everything's like I keep saying, everything's going to change. We're not coming out of here. We're coming out of here a little different. It'll be a new normal. And I think uh, that new normal will actually be an, an accent on artists, on all sorts of artists, uh, because of their ability to express artists, uh, the music, the poetry. Uh, people will seek out uh, these higher forms of entertainment to, you know, just to reflect their own need to have peace. And when mm-hmm. it's not peace, people are seeking it actively. And, yeah. Uh, there's definitely a, a lot of numbers that are scary, especially when you're looking at a 600 percent increase in suicides. You're looking at, you know, you're looking at you know 160,000 going down with COVID. You're looking at um, uh, like a million and a half small businesses going out. You've got people looking for work. You've got people thinking about what to do next. You've got industries that have collapsed. Uh, Uh, and it's like everybody's kind of like looking at the world with a fresh pair of eyes just in order to get through a day. So, damn, if there ain't a song in that.
2: (laughs) Well, songs, but also I think all that destruction creates potential for new things. So uh, hopefully we'll come together in unification versus uh, divided and fall uh, mentality. So it'll be fun to see. A lot of good... um, good opportunity for you to enter the music market because uh you know there's going to be a little ramp up before stadium play is back in, in order so this this is exciting for you, you can start uh, preparing for your live gigs where do you yeah. foresee that you'd like to be where's your ideal place to play
4: oh man i mean down the road red rocks has always been a bucket list for me it's probably going to take some time you know yeah, uh, long I, love there, I love that place. I love that place. I know it's incredible. It
2: is. Do you know some of the other bands that typically play there?
4: Um, Trevor Hall has played there quite a few times. I've definitely drawn a lot of inspiration from him. Yeah, um, I missed uh, Revolution and Tosh Altano were both there while I was living in Boulder. Okay, and I missed them by like a couple of days, which was unfortunate.
2: Yeah, Well, hook up with one of those people that normally get booked in there and see if you can carry a case or something. You never know. They might throw you on stage. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah, that would
2: be insane. <laughs> There's little tricks of the trade.
3: <laughs> the so, roadie. So, so is this second album you have coming out, is that is that going to be more reflective of what we've been going through for the last six months?
4: Yeah, I think it definitely will be because the first record that just came out, you know, some of the songs on there are almost two years old. Um, so between, like, the writing process... The recording process, production process, mixing, mastering, and then the final the release. There's a lot of you know time that passes by, so I think that you know this last record didn't really have a lot of commentary on what is going on because it was written before everything really started to happen. Um, so the next the next release I do, which will be a first, my first full length album, um, probably will have a lot of inspiration from you know world events that's been happening this year.
2: So do you feel your soul speaking to you? We're going to dive into Blue Soul by Dante.
0: Are listening to the Indie Creators in the Joy Zone. This is your hosts Suzanne Toro and Thomas Ardivani.
2: And where uh, would you like to see humanity emerge from all this? Unified and where else?
4: Unified and just kind of more in touch with with the actuality of, of, our, of our beingness and our essence rather than being identified with all of these you know, material positions and job titles and possessions and whatnot, which is, I think, unfortunately, um, largely where people are coming from.
2: Yeah. And who's been your uh, biggest, uh, I don't know, like musician role model that you've really like touched you from, from the get go?
4: Mm-hmm. Like I said, when I was a kid, I was listening to just classic rock. Um, a C D C was kind of my thing. I was a point. Gary Forward. <laughs> Your <laughs> eyes
2: light up when you just say the word. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely.
4: So their guitarist is young. I think that I mean their music hasn't really come through as an influence too much in my writing style, but in my performance style, their guitar Sang is young has definitely had a huge influence on me. But as an artist I would say I've been most strongly influenced by Bob Marley. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels that way. I actually was a little shocked. I thought I would hear some heavy metal coming out of you. And when I turned it on, I was like, oh, he's going for the reggae feel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. And yeah,
4: that, that surprised me to a large extent, too. Like I said, I, I never really sit down with an intention of what I'm going to write, but rather just kind of roll with what I feel inspired and what's coming through. And this one was definitely on the reggae surf rock, sort of side.
2: Yeah, well, that, that's a unifier for sure. And a... a Thomas mentioned that, that it's like a civil rights, you know, a lot of, um, reggae speaks to, you know, what the strifes are.
3: Yeah. It carries a lot of, it carries a lot of meaning. Politically. Yeah. So if I don't get that political meaning out of my reggae. I'm all disappointed. Oh, I,
2: mean, <laughs> I just like <laughs> the love, <laughs> <laughs> the love aspect.
3: <laughs> well, did, do, um, well, Dante, do you take it like, um, gosh, uh, What was I going to go with that? I had a really good idea and then I got distracted with it.
4: That. Oh, man don't get <laughs> old man that happens all the time even with music I, really get old. I don't
2: record it right away don't get, old. Don't get yeah, old you gotta write it down or put a little was, note in your phone
3: no it was just want yeah. dualistic one way or the other things but are you finding more success in the gosh you know a lot of, a lot of artists struggle between the recording studio and they struggle with the audience so uh-huh. what would you say is you're
4: strong I mean I definitely say I have more fun performing live there's just something about like having that in-person exchange, that energetic exchange between you and the audience and you in person, like delivering your creation and, and what you've been working on for the past few months and having that kind of feed the audience and the audience being excited and feeding you. And it just becomes this like, you know, growing cycle of, of energy and it's, it's a really cool experience. I've at? had more experience in the studio at this point, just because, um, you know, everything's closed. So we haven't been able to perform a whole lot but i'm yeah really really excited to start before then once everything starts open up
3: so, so so you love that you love that audience so okay. uh, i
2: think most musicians
3: love that yeah they, yeah,
1: yeah, they love that <laughs> need it it's your
2: feedback
3: loop what, what your feedback loop but how do you how are you going about creating that feedback loop in the uh, in the in the recording studio
4: yeah so the studio is completely different animal it, it still is an incredible experience um it's definitely a lot more personal and you, like I said, at least with this record, which is my first one, I bumped into more obstacles because of pressure that I was putting on myself, um, which was definitely unnecessary. And you know, I learned to kind of work over that. But
2: are you a bit of a perfectionist?
4: Yeah, I definitely am. Yeah, yeah. that's why I mean. It took, took me so long to finally put something out.
2: Yeah, that's that's good. You, you'll continue to be that way as thomas will attest i think all artists are perfectionists in a way
3: well i'm still waiting for my answer i mean how are you creating that (laughs) how are you creating that feedback loop in that studio what do you
4: like i said it all kind of starts with a simple idea to me generally um most of the time it's uh, it comes through when i'm not expecting it or not trying to come up with something and i'll usually use voice memos to kind of get that first first idea down and then when i'm feeling inspired i'll come back and record it into, you know, a session in my studio, and the feedback loop kind of comes from just staying open to more ideas to expand upon that original idea. So say I start with, you know, a guitar riff for a lyric idea, and then I come in and, you know, hop on the drums for a little bit and try to find a cool groove to lock it in. Um, And that'll maybe kind of inspire me a little bit more and give me a different idea for the bass and kind of just building it one piece at a time.
3: Yeah, because it is that relationship between your between you and your audience that actually allows you to share it. So when you're in that studio, uh, there's definitely got to be a little bit of trickery in terms of creating an atmosphere that you're feeding off of, off of in order to create a similar phenomenon,
4: right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that that's something that is overlooked a lot. Kind of creating a space that you feel inspired in, you know, little things like just being surrounded by like little Buddha heads around me that (laughs) you <laughs> <know>? <laughs> like subconsciously bringing into there. that space
1: a little
4: bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 I mean, that's well, that's your that's your that's your freedom
3: space. But I guess I guess what you I guess maybe you, you have yet to learn this or understand that you have the ability to use that imagination in such a way to. Bond to your audience in a moment to give you a sense of the emotional level that you would desire within the music itself. So, are you definitely. playing around? Are you playing around that way? Are you you're like trying to put your? I'm like you're very specific in your imagination with your audience and the feedback, positive feedback that they're giving you, especially with your cool music that you have. We love. I can't wait to share this. Hopefully, you'll let us share your music with our listening listening audience. Uh, but. Definitely. Uh, yeah we can't wait can't wait to do that but but in that in that studio that that bridge or that that feedback loop can be created with proper use of your imagination because if you over if you mess with the imagination too much it gets in the way it becomes an obstruction it becomes an idea but if you see that audience out there giving you that positive feedback and just going crazy for you uh, yeah, that can give you enough of an emotional target to work toward in whatever
4: part of the music that you're working towards. Did you play you play around with that? No, I actually don't too much. I think that's a great idea and I think you're right because I, I do draw so much of my inspiration from the live show but typically when I'm recording I'm, I'm focused on the recording aspect and once the recording's done and I get to rehearsing um, it's that thought of being in front of an audience that kind of excites the rehearsal and I kind of Change up the arrangement to see how it's going to work out live versus on the record. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think that picturing it from the get go, what it would look like to have. All a right, but I want you to. Do, I
3: want you to do something right now. I want you to do <laughs> something right now. I want you okay, to, do to, I want you to go into your mind's eye. <laughs> okay. Right. I want you to. You can shut your eyes for this. One. And then I want you to see the audience out, out in front of you, all around you. Uh, and you're at, you're at the Red Rock, right? And These people are going crazy. Big. <laughs> Big smiles on their faces, like they're on the edges of their seat, just waiting for you to freaking open your mouth or just hit that guitar, and get them going, and you feel the anticipation in that space, right? And boom, you lock you just you just drop in, and the excitement and the explosion from these people is out of this world. And you see the you see the expressions on their face, you see the joy that's coming back at you and hitting you. Directly in the face. You feel that, baby? Can you feel it? I don't want to open my eyes.
1: <laughs> You're
2: there. Can you feel it?
3: Yeah. You feel that? So if you put that experience just out beyond you a little bit, that feeling of that experience—not the actual visual aspect of it—and surround yourself with it, you'll have like an emotional target to go after as you create this music, and that helps you a lot. Helps all artists a lot in the studio when they're looking for that inspiration, that feedback loop. It becomes very difficult for some, but once you sit there patiently with your Eckhart Tolle presence and you let that imagery start to, you see it, you see it through your eyes out out into the audience. You see it through your mind's eye out into the audience. You get a direct loop get a feedback loop immediately. And so that reference point becomes really a a cool tool that some of the best use in order to inspire themselves in those studios, especially with long weeks and months sometimes in there without that audit. That's beautiful, I appreciate you sharing that. Oh man, it's so exciting though, because it's like, it's like once you have that reference point, that doubt and that drag being in that dark space entirely. It's now it becomes a whole other, whole other space.
2: Uh,
1: you're so open.
2: <laughs> yeah, I keep using the visualization. You're tool. so, you're yeah.
3: so open. You're so prime to, uh, to take that next step, and and uh, uh, I'm so excited that Suzanne was able to corral you in.
1: And,
0: You are listening to the Indie Creators in the Joy Zone. This is your hosts, Suzanne Toro and Thomas Ardivani. I think we might all be coming
2: back to life right now, and now we're going to enjoy another song by Dante called Alive.
4: Yeah. I see you the the, back to, do you
3: write as well well i write i don't play the guitar I, I, <laughs> but what i do is i tune myself up with the guitar <laughs> yeah. i tune myself with it you know as i go through i play my scales and stuff and i try to like link my chakras up with the notes in the guitar uh-huh. <laughs> and i, I kind of send this kind of send this little vibe through my body and I run it up and down from top to bottom about 10 or 20 times, and after I do that, I feel really good, and then I go back to my whatever it is I'm doing.
4: Oh, man, <laughs> that's awesome.
3: You got to give me some lessons. I want to learn how to do that.
2: <laughs> it <laughs> sounds cool. really beautiful. Hey, it's, you know it what? kind of sounds Spanish. I think I
3: got three or four songs I want to sell. It. Send them give this guy
2: because you could probably bring him to life. Oh yeah, absolutely. But she, but do you, have you lyrics. collaborated outside your own music? Have you collaborated yeah, with any gosh, additional gosh. artists?
4: Yeah, I do. it took me a long time to finally get this studio dialed in. It was pretty much you know a lifetime of collecting and learning. But now that it is kind of dialed in and I've gotten some production skills down, um, I've been helping out some of my other friends produce records for them, which has been really cool.
2: Nice. Yeah. We have one we can send your way. <laughs> okay, yeah, definitely. Hey, Kadri. Oh, Kadri. I'll, I'll send you a link to her. Oh, her, you guys should perform together. You'd probably be a pretty hot item. <laughs> She's pretty amazing. Just awesome, like yeah. you. But yeah, um, yeah, that. that'd be cool. Now that you're able to do, you know, extend that out in the world, that's super helpful, you know, because a lot of people don't have all the resources to be able to do, get into a studio or know someone. Or... All
3: right. All right. That, so here's a, here's a question for you. <laughs> so if you were God, what would be the three things you would do to help your people on this planet? on this planet that's struggling a
4: little bit right now. Wow. Did you say if I was God, three things that I would do to help people? Three things. Three things. Wow. <laughs> hmm. It's a tricky one because I feel like most of the help would come not from like a doing, but more like a realization or like, you know, a shift in consciousness. So I don't know if
2: that would be considered a doing, but. You would shift their consciousness. that would be one. Why. why doesn't God do that? <laughs> well that's one okay you're going to shift consciousness no, no, as no, God. No, good no, job no, that's, Dante that's one <laughs>
3: he, wants, he wants people to shift their consciousness right. do what
4: where, where, where are we going where, where is the shift taking us so you know, like I said a lot of inspiration from Eckhart Tolle so you make everybody read Eckhart Tolle <laughs> the power of <laughs> okay yeah so everyone's shifting their consciousness by reading the power of now um, one, and not only reading it but bringing it into a daily practice. All
2: okay. right, okay, embodying it. Embody, embodying
4: the power, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
4: And you know, really, I mean, the, wait, wait, the second two were methods to get to the first one, but I think that the first one is really the primary issue you could call it, and, and the only, only issue really.
3: Yeah. Well, let's explain that. Go ahead. You got time to break that down.
4: Okay, so and all the, the thats what this segment is about. Because,
3: because Speech. Speech. what we found is like through asking like twenty, at least twenty people this question, mm-hmm. it's the, um, the most amazing, the most amazing things comes out of people when they when they're put in that position. Yeah, you're authority, you're God. What would you do for us? Mm-hmm. So you would have everybody informed, educate themselves, empower the them. Okay, Let's say that that's one
4: Okay. And then two. Two. So, I mean, as I was saying, if I'm going to elaborate on what you asked me to elaborate on. Um, state of consciousness being the goal, and I could come up with, you know, maybe three things that I could do for people to help bring to that place. But the reason I think that state of consciousness is, is the primary focus and, and really the only um, matter we should be concerned with is because I think that that is what is the primary creation of our reality and everything else that we do. So any doing or action is secondary to that.
2: So if hey, if you get a bell, where's your bell? It's yeah. in the studio. Oh going to like, I'll add it in. I have a Tibetan bell. Oh my god, <laughs> no, I have I work with sound, but for medicinal reasons. You know, we'll we we'll to add it. <laughs> <gonna> <laughs> add <laughs> it, we'll add it. So when you
1: see this, you'll see the
3: bell happening and you'll be like, What the hell's going on with a bell? <laughs> because what you just said is pretty extraordinary. So two and three would be have a lot of fun and Live life to the fullest. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. See that with your shifting consciousness, because that de- you know what you're saying is, you know, for the audience is really profound. When we shift our consciousness, then our actions and um, state of being are much different.
4: Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, exactly. and like, like, I mean, from my perspective, the doing is, as I said, secondary to everything else. So whatever it is we do, if the consciousness isn't isn't there, then it's it's not really serving the purpose that it should. Absolutely, Aho. Hey, a little is, uh, yogi. Hey, is, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Do you practice yoga? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did before. I mean, all the studios are closed now, which is kind of unfortunate. I didn't have a regular practice until about a year ago. Uh, okay. Jury, no, maybe two years ago now. But I, I was practicing regularly for about a year, and then got it, So.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, well yeah. you're speaking yoga language. Well listen, I mean
3: we wouldn't take up any more of your time and you give us so much informa- information and we wanna Awesome, thank
4: you guys so much.
3: That you can talk about it. Talk about it <laughs> a little bit, share share direct specifically the album and then we'll like Woo <laughs> we awesome.
2: and win. We can win. Yeah. And we'll put your links below, but Don it's Dante Music is your website, right? Uh, Dante Marino Music, yeah. Dante Marino Music. .com. We'll put those on there and your all your handles uh, well, we'll, so people well, can find it. you. Well, welcome to, well,
3: glad to have had you on Indie Creators in the Joy Zone. And uh, this is Thomas Artovani and Suzanne Taro, and we just had a wonderful conversation with Dante. Hey, we'll get we'll get back at you, Dante. Why don't you say goodbye to us and talk? Thank you guys so much. I appreciate <laughs> you.
2: Appreciate, appreciate you. you. Namaste. Namaste. Aloha too, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You are listening to the Indie Creators in the Joy Zone. This is your hosts, Suzanne Toro and Thomas Artivani.
2: Yeah, he'll close. Yeah, if you just... Yeah, there. Okay, yeah, it's the Zoom too. And then the Zoom too. Okay, thank you guys. We'll be in touch. Well, so Dante, what a wise one. A sage there.
3: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. a. He definitely had it going on. I mean, you could tell that he's... uh, I mean, the sky's the limit with a guy like that who's happy, happy and healthy and, and loves his craft. I mean, wh- where's he, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's he's going to be uh, forced to be reckoned with. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, think got this one for use that. Um, well,
2: super talented. And there's a studio for K. to hang out in.
3: There's a studio for <laughs> K. to hang out in, yeah.
2: Just down in Laguna.
3: Yeah, he seems like, yeah, and I have a couple of songs that actually he might vibe with serious lyrics in it.
2: Nice.
3: Yeah, I mean, if he likes it, I mean, who, know, who knows what could happen with that, right?
2: Absolutely. That young man
3: with his, with his reggae, rock and roll, surfer boy look going on.
2: Yeah, he's always... Been super passionate is his grandfather. I got a chance to hang out with his grandpa for a bit, and he would just say, Dante can do nothing else but play that guitar. It looks a little dangerous because <laughs> <laughs> the whole package was there, but he's like, he really needs to do that.
1: <laughs> no, I, 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 I,
3: I get you. I get you.
2: We're going to sign out with two more songs by Dante Marino from his EP, Aquarius. You can find them on iTunes. You can also visit his website at Dante Marino Music. The first song we'll hear is The Greeter and the second one is Umoya. So if inspired, support the arts, purchase his music, download it. You can even do a gift and send someone a song that you think they might enjoy. That's a fun way to tag people with a random act of kindness and stay stay around we're going to dive into the next half of our show with peter sterling and get to connect to his wisdom and his new album called sanctuary of light
0: are listening to the indie creators in the joy zone this is your hosts Suzanne Toro and Thomas Artivani.
1: I've never been